Welcome to the Harmony Hill Legacy Podcast. I'm Todd Kaur, uh, joined today again by Pastor John Green at the time of this recording, who has been the senior pastor for 50 years here on the Hill. Purpose of this series is to pick Pastor John's brain and celebrate what God has been doing over these 50 years. Uh, Pastor John, um, appreciate you being here with us. Uh, I think this is maybe episode five. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's been fun. Um, so today uh, in this episode, one of the things that you're you're certainly known for in our church and in our community is is being an effective communicator of God's word, uh, a good preacher, <laughs> as people would say, and uh, and that's been seen through uh, people coming to the hill for years and years and being impacted by your messages, but also from. Uh, watching it as far as uh, the when we were doing television, yeah, uh, and then even through our online services through YouTube now, people tune in to hear your preaching. And so I thought it would be appropriate to just get a little insight after all this time about what goes in, what how does the cake get made? You know, a little <laughs> bit of about that. So what's let's start on a very practical level. Uh, what is your process and what goes into uh, a Sunday morning sermon for you? Yeah, good question. Um, it, you know, it's a, <clears throat> it is certainly a learned uh, art. I think, I think preaching is a, an art form. Um, and um, it, has, it has gripped me from the very beginning um, that uh, I, I, never, I never wanted to see people, uh, you know, doze off while I was preaching. Uh, and that was really important to me because I had seen that happen, mm. you know. Uh, and I think all of us have uh, have gone through those times, maybe where we uh, it was real difficult to maybe follow a message, um, to to stay engaged with that message. And so that that has been like uppermost uh, in in my mind that I always felt like that, you know, the message of the Word of God uh, is so powerful and so real. Uh, that for it to be considered boring is just an anathema. Mm. Um, and so, and I know it has something to do with the condition of somebody's heart, but uh, that I, my challenge has always been I wanted to keep people engaged. And so I'm always observing a congregation, uh, and you can tell when somebody's with you and when they're not. And so that's always been super, uh, super important to me. So um, the the message preparation um you know, begins, uh, begins with prayer. Uh, and then, you know, it goes back to the thing that I, that I've said when I'm going up into the pulpit that, you know, uh, God, I've sought to be faithful to do everything I'm responsible to do. But I realize from, from this point forward, if you don't show up, it's going to be a train wreck. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not going to, it's not going to be, of course the, the word is true, but I just, I don't want, I never want it just to be uh, a speech, uh, a talk. Mm. I want that sense that that God is present and uh, this is this is a word from Him. And so that's what my, all my messages, therefore, are birthed the same way, uh, Todd. Um, on average, when when I think about sermon prep, I'm I'm going to be talking about anywhere from eighteen to twenty two. 25 hours uh, that I'll put in, um, you know, in getting a message together. Um, 
And so, therefore, I never throw a message away because there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in that. And so, I, you know, I, I want to keep it. And so, uh, you know, now with, the, you know, the challenges of, of our ministry, with all the stuff that we have to say grace over and everything, uh, usually I don't get down to doing actual sermon prep until like, you know, Wednesday morning. Of course, it doesn't mean I'm not thinking about mm -hmm. it, but to just start really working on it, it's going to be like on Wednesday morning. And my my normal Wednesday will be like from uh, nine o'clock on nine to nine, mm -hmm. and so uh, I'll have a couple of breaks in between. Uh, but you know I'm sequestered. You guys uh, know that. You know, in my office is like the holy of holies. You know, and uh, so, but I'm I'll I'll be from nine in the morning till nine at night on average. Normally I don't go home on Wednesday night until at least nine o'clock, and. Uh, then, then I'm back on on Thursday morning, and I'll be sequestered, uh, you know, until noon. Um, and so I have to, you know, have everything, you know, turned in uh, for uh, them doing the the life point outline and 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 that. So when I start thinking about a message, uh, it it starts in inside of me, uh, and probably the the one word that that I'm focused on is need. Um, I think about the, I think about my church and I think about number one, where are my people? What is my perception of where the people are? This is how I birth the series that I do. Um, and I think at times, you know, our, our tech team has wondered, you know, well, where, where did these messages, you know, come from? Uh, the direction that we take, and really, it's it's based on, on two things. I think it number one is a perceived need of the church, and and of course, I get that uh, by the fact that uh, even though there's so much that demands my attention uh, and has lately, that but yet I I want to walk among the people. Mm. One of the things that I do on Sunday morning, which I know you're you're aware of, and I've shared shared with you that I think is is critical, is when the services uh, before service time begins, I am walking among the people, and uh, it's not that I'm I'm not going for distance. I'm going for depth, and one of the things that I'm I, I try to do when I meet with our people here on Sunday morning is I try to find out what's been going on in their life. I want to know what's happening. You know what uh, uh, what are you dealing with? Uh, what's maybe got a grip on you? you know, or that, that you've been praying about or you're grieving over. So I, I find out that. The, so so that's, that's a primary deal. And then sometimes I do some of these messages uh, because they're, and I just trust God in this, that where I am is also where my people are. And that if I study and prepare based on answering the, the needs that are in, in my life, I find that that God uses that to minister to the people as well. Um, that I am I am shepherding His sheep, and that I'm experiencing some of the same things that they are, um, you know, in their life. And then, then there is the struggle for me to um, you know perceive um, what my central point is going to be, which will be like what just drives the series, you know the the main idea that I'm, I'm trying to get across in everything. And then I just, I repeat that each time uh, in each of the, the message, you know, in, in that series. And so then once, once I know that, 
then uh, I start get I just get into the Word and um, I start looking at where uh, God speaks in the Word to to that specific thing, uh, and uh, that's really the, the main reason when I think about it. you know one of the things we we laugh about in, in staff is you know my library which is extensive and wall to wall floor to ceiling, and really uh, the books that line my shelves are for the most part other than my my uh, commentaries and and specific books or books on specific books of the bible uh those those are the books that have been the fodder and the fertilizer if you will uh for uh feeding my soul to be able to give back to the people and so i bought books based on the perceived needs of my people um and that that's what drives my reading hmm. um, because I, I just, I, I feel like that, uh, you know, the 35 to 45, 40 minutes that we've got here on Sunday morning for me to be in the pulpit um, that I want to, are so, it's so precious. I, I want to speak to where uh, people are. Um, and so then it's out of that, that I determine what my central passage is going to be, you know, that I'm, that I'm going to do. Uh, then, then, once, once you kind of get to that, that's where I think that, uh, for lack of a better term, that's when I get desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can honestly say, after 50 years of, of preaching a long time, three, mm-hmm. three services you know, a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, and then now where it's basically just you know, Sunday morning, but I'm preaching it three times, mm-hmm. uh, this is where... I go into that thing where, okay, I've got my text. Uh, I, I have this thing. I know what God wants me to do. How, how am I going to say this? What am I going to do? And so uh, there's a lot of times, you know, I'm sitting there with God's word. I'm, I've been on the floor, literally, you know, crying out to God. And, you know, I'm looking at a blank screen. Hmm. And, um, and so I just, I just start crying out to the Lord, you know. And, and without a doubt, uh, the most, I think the most agonizing part of preparation for me is how to begin. And it's like, if I can, if, if I can begin, then it, you know, everything just, it get it gets started. Hmm. Uh, and so uh, a lot of times, you know, I, and I've been in those things. I'm like, father, I know, you know, this, but Sunday's coming <laughs> and I need to, I need to say something intelligent. And right now, I don't have a clue as to how I'm going to do that uh, and, and how I'm going to get this done. And God is always, and, and I, th- I think there are a lot of times it is God bringing me to a point of, of reminding me. And there have been times, blessed times, where I just, I start typing and it just comes and you just, you know, you just go and those glorious and I'm like, Lord, may this never stop. <laughs> And, but it always does. And, uh, and so I, you know, I learned that, but, you know, right at the time when I think I'm just going to crash and burn, uh, you know, God, God shows up. And in the interest of full disclosure, let me just say this. There have been, by the grace of God, not a lot of times, but there have been those times I have, I'm, I'm like, I'm like almost to the end. I'm like ready to start the, the, you know, my invitation whatever and it's like 
just as clear as a bell. God is like, you're, you're not preaching this Sunday. <laughs> and I'm like, this, this cannot be happening to me. But it's like I have that knowledge inside of me that this is not going to work. It, mm. It's not, it's not going to work. And, uh, and so, but every time when I'm obedient and I'm just like, okay, okay. And, uh, and it's may not happen to any other guys, but it happens to me. And I'll just say, okay, if, if that's not it, then, you know, God, what do I need to do? And then I will turn around and out of obedience time with the Lord, I, I have been able to put a, a full sermon together in like two hours. Mm. But that is not normal. Mm. And so I'm a manuscript guy. And so, um, so when I put a message together, you know, it's verbatim. Uh, you know, when uh, I've, I've shared with you guys, you know, funeral sermons and everything, just to kind of give you all mm. some ideas and everything. Y'all, y'all got everything. You know, it, it's all it's all written out. I've got my my scripture text, and you know, it's colorized and <laughs> all this and everything. I think that adds some pizzazz to the sermon. Uh, but uh, you know, so I, I get that all lined out for for me, and then uh, uh, Saturday night uh, is is a holy time. Uh, I cannot watch television on Saturday night. For me, I can't do it. I just uh, because I, I feel like I'm I'm not going to have the anointing of God on me if I do. It's just like God starts calling me to Himself, and so that's the time when I'm going over the message or I'm reading or or whatever. And then um, I go to bed and I get up at 4 a.m. every Sunday morning when I'm when I'm preaching, and um, I get myself ready and I, I get myself to prayer um, and rehearsal, uh, you know, of the message going going over it. You know, and then then it's that prayer uh, when I'm I'm going up the steps uh, to you know just lay in God's hands. Wow! And so whatever happens from here, you know, Father, it's on you. And uh, I try not to walk out, you know, feeling like I I blew it. Uh, you know, realizing that you know it it it's God that you know showing up. But uh, but anyway, that's that's how God keeps me humble hmm. uh, week to week. Is wow. through the preaching of the word. How many, uh, as a as a manuscript guy, how how many times do you think you rehearse, read throughing it, uh, or because because when you're up, even after fifty years, when you're up here uh, uh, preaching it, I mean, it does not even appear that you're looking and no. reading it, right? And so, how how many times are you going through that? Well, of course, there's been a lot of agony getting it together, mm -hmm. but. Uh, on average, I would say anywhere between five and, and 10 times I'm going to go over it, you know. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't try to memorize it as much as I just want it to be super uh, in me, mm -hmm. you know, in me. Uh, but for the most part, uh, I, I do manuscript because at the first part of my ministry, I was prone to chase rabbits. Mm. And I would get to the end. I mean, I needed to end the service. And I wasn't, I wasn't even through with what I had prepared because I chased a rabbit. Mm. And so I, I, I changed to a manuscript to keep me on point. Hmm. And, uh, and it's, been, it's been an absolute change in, in my preaching ministry because it keeps me, keeps me focused. Hmm. Are there uh, any, any preachers uh, that, that have influenced your style of preaching over the years? Uh, that you 
that you enjoyed <clears throat> listening to or even sought to model? Not that you were trying to be them, but it, it impacted how you. Played. Oh yeah. Yeah, it has, you know, I, uh, uh, Charles Stanley and, you know, and of course <laughs> there were so many times in the past, I, I got to the place to where I quit listening to him or watching him because people would say, has anybody ever told you that you remind them of Charles Stanley? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was like, okay, I'm absorbing something of him that I'm not even realizing I'm mm. doing, you know, because I listened so much. I was fascinated with how he took the word and could be so devotional and could so apply it to everyday life. I was like, oh God, do that in me. Hmm. And uh, so I, I, but Charles Stanley, uh, you know, and, and, and for a good while, Rick Warren really spoke to my heart just, and I think more than anything is his ability to communicate with the audience, mm. uh, to be real, to not, he wasn't stuffy. Uh, he was very relaxed and that had an, an impact on me. I still wear a suit, you know, mm. when I preach and you, you know that, but I, I seek not to be stuffy, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, uh, and, and, and I learned that from, you know, from, watching Rick. I'm fascinated by J.D. Greer. Uh, I love how he preached. I thought, I can't wear your clothes. I would look so weird, uh, you know, to, to do that. And of course, that's all about their style, mm -hmm. you know, and who, who they are. But uh, uh, I am, I'm, you know, I'm fascinated, uh, you know, by him. And uh, probably I'm, I'm not as, uh, as drawn in listening to uh, a, a lot of guys, um, as much as I am, in just following specific uh, guys uh, who uh, who are, I know, great preachers of the past, mm. you know, and uh, so I I listen to them uh, by reading, yeah, uh, rather than watching them preach, yeah. So, so we we do have. Uh, I'll close with this question. We do have uh, one. One sort of story that's come up, and uh, it's represented by a nice note that is framed in your office of a of a well-known preacher that many many listening may uh, may have heard from that uh, that actually came. Uh, I guess there was a wedding or something like that, and he came and and heard you preach. Uh, one Max Licato. Yeah. And uh, tell tell us a little bit for those that did not oh, know it's that a story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had uh, uh, it was Sunday morning, and um, we. Uh, we worship had started and everything. And I mean, the, the worship center up on the hill, uh, the older one, uh, I mean, we were just like, I don't know, every, every row, we were almost packed out. And so I got up to preach that, that morning and I was, I was in my message, you know, and anybody who, who preaches knows, you know, you, you're preaching and, and you're doing all that and, and your mind you can think other thoughts, you know, it's not like you're just totally lost in all of that. And so I was preaching and I was just like, you know, preaching to the audience or whatever. And all of a sudden I, I, I saw this guy and I thought in my mind, I thought, man, that guy is a dead ringer for Max Lucado. It is incredible how much he looks like, like Max, you know? And so I went, I went on preaching and everything and, uh, and I finished. And so at that time, Catherine and I would always stand at the back and, you know, greet people as they left mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. That was our, that was our tradition. And so we were, we were back here at the back while somebody was closing in prayer. And I remember I leaned over to Catherine. I said, hey, babe. I said, 
you just wait. I said, there's a guy here. He is a dead ringer for Max Lucado. <laughs> I said, uh, you, you'll know it when he comes out. And so we were shaking hands. And so he and his wife come through. And I said, good morning. I said, I'm, I'm John Green. He said, good morning. I'm Max Lucado. And I was like... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, they were in town for a family wedding and uh, they had passed. They were in, staying in Crown Colony and uh, they were going up to First United Methodist for the uh, the wedding. And so they passed right by Harmony Hill. And Max said, he said, my wife uh, said as we passed uh, yesterday, she said, Harmony Hill. I love that name. She said, let's go to church there huh. Sunday morning. So, so they came, you know, and so he... He sent me a note. Of course, I've got it framed, you know, like he said. And it just says, uh, the, the glory of God is on the face uh, as, you pre- as you preach the word of God. And he said, stay strong, Max Licato. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That's, that's big. That's who would have cool. ever thought? Yeah. You know? That's so wild. <laughs> and I mean, at that time, you know, he was, he was really well-known nationally mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, just really uh, out there writing yeah. books and speaking. So it was, it was big. That's cool. Well, thank you, Pastor John, for sharing a little bit of the insight. Yeah. Uh, I know there's been many people along the years that have probably said something similar to, have you been reading my mail or do you have a microphone in our yeah. house? And uh, and that's just a testament to the Lord uh, using your messages to speak to people right where they are. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you for uh, being with us and listening to this episode of Harmony Hill, uh, the legacy episodes. And so uh, we hope you'll be with us for our next one. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, share, drop a review, uh, let people know about it so that we can grow the audience so that they can hear about what God's been doing in Pastor John and here on the Hill over the last 50 years. We'd also love to have you come and join us for in-person worship on the Hill.